Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I am so excited because today is the first time we've ever had a repeat guest on the show. Marnie Batista is back with us. Welcome to the show, Marnie. Woohoo! I, I feel like um, like honored. So yay! Well, this you is are. So you fun. are our first repeater, <laughs> and and you know the real reason why why this came about. We were just talking about before we got on the air. Here is I loved how honest and how open you were, and I remember you told some things. You're like, I've never told anybody this before, <laughs> and so I wanted to reward that. I know our listeners really really loved having that kind of insights into you. So thank you for doing that and. There could very well be some new listeners because chances are there are today. So let me just give you a background on Marnie and then we'll get into things. So Marnie is the founder of Dating with Dignity. And with more than 25 years of personal relationship and dating experience, Marnie Batista has dated, was married for 17 years, divorced, and then successfully dated again and married in the 21st century. Now, she has undergone professional training in dating and relationship coaching, as well as training in core energy coaching process from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. Marnie also has extensive training as a facilitator with the Hoffman Institute, which is one of the world's foremost organizations in personal development. She was a guest host on Dr. Drew Pinsky's Loveline show, and Marnie was called LA's best dating coach after her appearance on On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Now, more importantly than all those titles and experiences, she, well, as a divorcee for more than five years, Marnie really understands what does it feel like to be lonely, to be sick of wasting your time on dates when you go out with men and it goes nowhere. Now, she's a woman who is, well, she's not your mother, She's not your best friend. She's not your therapist. Marnie is a professional relationship and dating expert who will stand behind you to provide love, compassion, support, and honest guidance as you embark on one of the most important, fulfilling adventures in your life. Now, Marnie, if I missed anything, please let us know. And then do me a favor. Tell us why you do what you do. Why do I do what I do? You know, um, I... I'm just like thinking, God, you're doing it to me again, right out of the gate. <laughs> you know, here I'm going to say something. I because when you said that, I was just thinking about um, this moment on my in my driveway um, about 11 or 12 years ago, and um, my husband and I had gotten into this big fight. I was married at the time, and um, 
it was like in the car and like, you know, he pulled over and it was like a, a drama anyway. And then we ended up in the driveway and I was down on my knees and it's like very embarrassing to, sh- to share this, but it's true. You know, I like, I was begging him like, please don't leave me. Please forgive me. Please. You know, I was like literally begging, you know, for him to love and accept me. And so, um, that's probably one of the most like, shaming like lowest points in my in my life really and so my why do I do what I do because I don't want women to have to go through that to never experience that if they have to never have to go through that again um so that they can end up um you know like I was for my 50th birthday I was like wow I'm turned 50 this summer and my husband plan was incredible um trip to Croatia on a yacht with like you know 16 members of my family and my closest friends and my kids and like just being surrounded by love and ocean breezes and you know being so loved and feeling so happy and so that's why I do what I do because nobody nobody should have to be on their knees in the driveway begging someone to love them and everyone should have a moment wherever it is of just feeling complete love and fulfillment so that's the answer Ken that is awesome. Thank you. And well, and again, you're welcome. You dove right in, and I appreciate that because, I mean, obviously, people listening to this are, are going, been there. Yeah. In whatever form that showed up for them, and the reality is, just like you said, this this doesn't need to persist. That, that people don't need to right. be in that situation. So I, I'm so grateful for you for for doing that and for deciding to dedicate yourself to it. And, and I had no mm-hmm. idea we, we are the same age. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday. Yes, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. So I know you've got uh, a great new book coming out this month. Uh, I believe it's called How to Find a High Quality Guy Without Going on 200 Dates. And I got to yes. tell you, what, what caught me about that title was, I'm like, well, Marnie's brand is dating with dignity, and now it sounds like she's trying to reduce dates. <laughs> That's true. So, yes, I am. Um, because <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm just wondering how, how did that come about. Well, you know, because I've been so in my fiftieth year, I've been really doing just like a ton of reflecting, and I don't know about you turning fifty. I don't feel old at all. No, but I feel like um, like things matter. Like I really want to just really dive into living my life really from my most authentic place, right? And just mm. really, really being connected to that every day. And so I've been really talking to a lot of my clients. I've been kind of going back to basics and that, you know, getting on the phone with people. And, and I just really felt like I wanted to get more connected. And what I was hearing was this, um, <laughs> you know, they get on the phone with me and they're like, you know, yeah, I might have some unconscious problem, whatever. But, the, but my problem is, Marnie, like, they're, I just don't know where to find quality guys. I mean, where are they? They're obviously not on Bumble. They're obviously not on Match.com. I mean, like, they're, they're, where are they? Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I hate dating, and I don't want to have to go on dates. Like, if I could just end up with a relationship with a quality guy, that's, that's what I'm really looking for. I hate dating, and there's no men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hear it, too. Well... <laughs> I'm like, good luck with that. But really, um, uh, so so that, like, 
So to anyone who doesn't know anything about me and you're single, I'm sure you're nodding your head and you're like, well, yeah, that is just it. There's no quality guys and dating is horrific. So how do I find a partner? Um, so the reason why I decided to write this book and really kind of dive into it in a deeper way is because I want to help people solve that problem and I want to show them that that is a symptom of a deeper problem. Hmm. Do you want to expand on that? Um, yeah, because... When someone is open to the possibility, that, and there's two really two things that, in my opinion, in my own life, my own story, and all the clients who we work with who are success stories, meaning they come to us like, you know, in their version of Elizabeth Gilbert called it her, you know, moment on the bathroom floor, mine was in the driveway, whatever your moment is, to really being loved and, and loving yourself and loving your life. There's two things that need to happen. One is that you need to take personal responsibility for your vision of what you want in your life. And that, that means um, maybe I'm open to the fact that there's something that I could shift in myself, that maybe it's not Bumble or Tinder or online dating or that men are jerks or whatever it is. So I, it, I'm willing to look at me. And the second thing is you have to have freaking boatloads of courage, boatloads of courage. Um, because if you are not willing to be courageous, then you can't be vulnerable. And if you can't be vulnerable, you can't create intimacy. So what I really set out to do in this book is say, so let me help you solve the problem. Are you willing to do these two things? And if you are, here's the formula to find a high-quality guy without having to go into 100 dates. And so it takes people through the three-step really formula called the Find Love Now formula. And at the end of the book, you know, in, in we call it the third phase, which is the rejuvenate phase, when you're feeling sexy, confident, vital, rejuvenated, right? Like you're love dating, you're excited about your life and yourself. Then, you know, there's 38, we call them little gold mines of places to meet men that you probably never thought of before. And we break it down into the four top types of men that women are really looking for and where to go find those types. So it's everything from the inner work to the outer strategies. And I am really excited for women to get their hands on this material and and enjoy enjoy the process because when you're a high quality woman, you don't have to go on 200 dates, mm -hmm. or at least 200 more. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I got to tell you, as a guy looking at your title, there's a piece of it that just really screams at me, and that's the phrase that I hear all the time from the women I work with. You know, I'm looking for a high quality guy. What does that mean? <laughs> Well, I, um, yeah, so a high-quality guy, I have, I have summed it up into one major characteristic. Um, it's three words, I think. Four, four words. Words and actions match. Words and actions match. Meaning a high-quality guy has integrity, he's loyal, he's honest, he can communicate, he is ready for a relationship. He knows what he wants. Um, he's a he's a high quality. He's a, a man who is on the upward spiral and wants to find a partner to do that with him. With yeah, with him. So that I think that kind of sums it up. Um, when we work with clients, we have them come up with like the five we call them non negotiables or the deal breakers. And in the book, I walk you through how to how to come up with your five. Um, and there are a variety of things, but almost everybody has on their list 
some version of, of loyalty and integrity, and that means words and actions matching. And the cool thing is that is, like, such an easy thing to filter out right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So it's really actually easy to find a high-quality guy if you're being a high-quality woman. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree, and it's funny because you actually just said that. My definition of integrity is words, thoughts, and actions all are in alignment. Yep. And so, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, what's interesting is my experience with this, and maybe you've seen this too, is because we often approach the opposite sex as if they're us, we think their actions should be our actions. Yes. And so, we misunderstand that they're actually in total integrity as a man, they're not a woman. And well, so we exactly miss it. We don't spot the guy who's in integrity. Well, yeah, abs- well, absolutely. And I talk about that in the book, be the person you want to attract, mm-hmm. right? Um, an exercise that I do with clients, this is such a fun, a fun exercise to do, is, you know, they come up with their non-negotiables. Um, and as I said in the book, we walk you through that. And then, you know, when I work with people live, it's really fun. We say, so look at your list. Um, and then they come up with like um, some, and you can do this, you know, once you get the book, you can kind of do the extra credit and walk through this other bonus step, which is what are the things this man does that show me he has these uh, values or characteristics, mm-hmm. um, right? And so I've had women do this because a lot of them put stuff around finances. Yes. You know, they want a guy who can make a certain amount of money. Um, and I've had so many clients that do this. And the way that they define, you know, like financial success is like he has this much money in his retirement account. He has a credit score of this. He makes this whatever, this much money. And they'll sit there and they'll go, oh, my God, well, that's not me. Mm. You know, like I am trying to pay off some debt for this and I'm working on it or I have some student loans that are like 30 years old or I have... Um, you know, my ex-husband left me and this happened to my credit and I, you know, I've been working on it for the last five years. It's amazing. So it's true. So you have these things that you're looking for in a high quality man. And the the exercise is what are the things that they do that show you they have these values and do you, you do it? And here's a great case in point of being human. So one of my clients recently went out on a date literally yesterday because she wrote about it. We have a, a private community that we, we, we work with our clients in online and she's like, I went on this date and I like, I'm a, I'm, it's raining men. Hallelujah. Like I got a lot of high quality guys I'm dealing with mm-hmm. went on this date. And at the end of the date, his name's Doug. And I looked at him and I was like, Chris, this is such a great date. <laughs> nice. And, and she was like, Oh shit. And he literally just didn't even acknowledge it. He was like, you too, Hannah. And they hugged. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I feel so badly. And um, I said, you're human. I said, you are human, right? You made a mistake. You're dating a lot of people. I said to all the ladies that are in the group, I'm like, if a guy did this to you, you, got, you some of you would disregard this guy. He's a jerk. He's so, you know, da, da, da. And I was like, we're all, so here's what's happening in dating people. Two humans who are imperfect are trying to find a connection and that's it. And sometimes they make mistakes. So if you are 
a woman or a man of quality and integrity, all you do is you say, you know what, I, I'm dating online, I'm, I'm loving it, and I made a mistake, and I'm so sorry. Whether it's a match or it's not, it's just human. And so that's sort of my rant is like be the person you want to attract because so many people dis- discount and exclude and leave really amazing people behind because they're asking them to meet standards that they're not living to in their own life. Yes, yes. You know, it's that's such a, a great point. And you actually reminded me of something because I, I – for any of the ladies out there listening, please know that you could meet a guy and you're like, I'm not, I don't measure up to that. That doesn't mean you're screwed. You can raise your game. And uh, I had a, actually a guest on our show, Jeffrey Allen, who I've known for about 20 years, told me years ago when he met his wife, he was very aware that he needed to raise his game or he was not going to be able to make that work. Totally. And, so and I he think focused that on that. He and said, yeah. I got to do some work on myself here or this isn't going to happen. Unfortunately, he did. And they have an amazing marriage. But it doesn't mean that you're out just because you recognize, ooh, I'm looking for something and I'm not playing that same game. You just have to get busy. Well, that's really it. And what's really cool is, okay, so in the, in the question of what's a high quality person, mm-hmm. right? High quality man, high quality woman. I would say, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, most people just want someone who's like self-aware as part of that integrity, right? So they're on the journey. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're perfect. It means they're saying, you know, I really need to work on articulating my feelings. Like I'm really working on being emotionally available and it's hard for me. And I love that I have this space to, to practice and sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't. And I love that I'm with a man or I'm with a woman who, who brings that forth, who's asking me to rise to the highest level. That's what I want. And so that's exactly it, is nobody's saying be perfect, it's be on the journey and find someone else who's on the journey and wants to go with you. Yes, yes, and and to what you just said, you know, own that you're on the journey. You're not done, you're working on it. You're, you're a work in progress. <laughs> and you know, it's one of the things that, that I often remind my, my female clients is, we all know that you know self-confidence is a huge attraction factor for men. But authenticity is right there. And when you can be authentic that you're not perfect, because ladies, men know you're not perfect. We know there is no such thing as perfect. We're not even looking for right. that. We're looking for authentic. So when you can own it and go, Absolutely. you know what? I just, like you said, uh, sorry, I just called you by somebody else's name, which by the way has happened to me. Um, yep. It's like, and we made it a joke. The the woman I was with called me Zeke. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? And she goes, oh my gosh, I just called you by my last boyfriend's name. <laughs> and so That's it was funny. a total joke whenever we wanted to make a joke. We are like, I wonder what Zeke would do. Oh my God, that's And that's, we just made light hilarious. of it, you know, and had fun with it instead of going, oh, you're a horrible person. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And obviously this comes back to that that first thing you said about personal responsibility. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. It's, um, I, and I did it too. I actually went into a place once to go meet with someone that I met online and there was this really handsome guy there and he looked like, the. I mean, it's a picture, right? And I went and I'm like, hi, Oliver. And he was like, no. And I was like, he's like, but I'll be Oliver. You know what I mean? 
And the guy that I was supposed to meet was like like two people down at the bar. And so I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I was like totally talking to this other guy. Uh, human, you're human. Anyway. Okay, I digress. Go, go, Ken, go. No, no, no. This, but it's true, right? I mean, we've all yep. done it. We've all been there. And we are human. Yep. And, you know, it, yep. it's it's nice to think that, you know, we're going to find this perfect person and, and that'll make everything great. But the reality is you're going to wake up with a human being. Not some you know yep. description out of the catalog, and exactly. I, I had another guest, Dr. Tammy Balachewski, on the on the show, and she goes, "I tried to date the catalog." She goes, "Ever ah. since I was a little girl, I didn't want to be an actress. I always said I want to marry an actor," and she was engaged to an A-list Hollywood star, and she's like, "I was dating the catalog, and I totally lost myself trying to be what I thought I had to be to date the catalog." And then she, wow. you know, basically was literally getting physically ill and all these different problems and realized, what am I doing? And extricated herself from that and has since found an amazing man that she's married to. But it was fascinating because she goes, yeah, that was me. I tried to date the catalog. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I'm having an event, by the way, on a, on a side note. Um, we're having some really um, hot guys come. To, to, to see how women react around really good looking guys. And speaking of dating the catalog, I was looking at this, the pictures, pictures from the modeling agency and I was looking at them and I was like, wow, I'm having like so many judgmental thoughts and limiting beliefs that, you know, around who these guys are because of their looks and, you know, making up stories. And that's really the other thing that women do when they're, when they're dating, right. Is, um, and it can, it can be the reverse of my, almost like, you want a high quality man so much that you read his profile and you go on one date with him and there's chemistry and you, you put him on a pedestal and you kind of either throw your non-negotiables out the window or you make excuses because he's so hot and there's such great chemistry because you want him to be who you want him to be. Um, so it can kind of work both ways, right? You can be overly generous and give away your power and you can be exclusionary when the guy is possibly your great guy you're just not seeing him that way so it's uh and authenticity authenticity is really the, the solution you know like if you're authentic either way um then you can have a more straightforward direct uh path to the result yeah absolutely and you know you you've just mentioned something that i wanted to ask you about because i know you talk about this in the book and that is limiting beliefs and i'm wondering you know, what do you see out there as like the biggest ones that show up and, and, and what do we got to do to get past those? Cause they're, they're, they're totally tripping us up. They are. And so just to sort of define what's the limiting belief, um, it's a belief that you have about yourself, dating men, the world at large that you believe is the truth. And what I like to teach my clients is that there's a difference between what's true and what's the truth. And so as we go along our little wonderful lives filled with the ups and the downs, um, we create a paradigm or a view of the world based on what's been true for us. And then we assign it truth. And so a great example is, and my, my favorite one that I hear most often is there's no good men where I live. Right. Yes. And so and that is true for you. And I always tell people, because I know you're out there listening, going, well, but Marnie, that actually is true where I live. 
<laughs> so, you know, clearly you've never been to Snohomish. There's no good men here, you know, um, but it's true for you. So when I asked that question, and this is like the number one way to get to get around your limited beliefs is to ask yourself, um, how true is that really? Right. So in Snohomish, did the quality man police come and like, you know, with his little paddy wagon and take them all away? <laughs> and all that's left are like, you know, uh, homeless, toothless men. And, and you go, no, of course not. There's totally quality men in Snohomish. They didn't all disappear. They didn't blow up. They didn't vanish from my town. And so we have to really look at the beliefs that we have and take that step back in the spirit of taking responsibility and having courage and saying, you know, how true is that really? Because if you look at that statement, there's no good men. There are none. That is a very, very big assumption to make. And I always find it fascinating if you're ready to kind of go to the next level is to say, well, what's my unconscious gain? What do I get from believing that? I mean, there's something in it for every single belief that we have, why we choose to hold on to it. And I ask clients that question all the time. They're like, well, number one, I get to be right. Um, I don't have to sort of put myself back up there, out there. Um, people will agree with me and then I feel better about the fact that I'm single. Um, I don't have to risk getting disappointed. There's like a list. And so really being able to, number one, identify your limiting beliefs. Number two, sort of just on an intellectual level, really ask yourself, is that really true? And then looking at what do you get of, out of holding on to it? And then well, what would it look like if I were to, to let it go? Um, and it's amazing. You can just literally for like two days with your phone, just start to notice the beliefs that you have and ask yourself, is this a limiting belief? Is this a limiting belief? And you will be shocked. Yes, no doubt. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting because, you know, our show is focused on partnership. And obviously we're talking about different ways we get in the way of partnership. And one of the things I, I like to remind people is partner. You don't fall into partnership. Partnership is a choice. You have to consciously engage in partnership. It doesn't just happen. And part of that is going, how am I getting in the way here, i.e. limiting beliefs? Because it, it closes off those opportunities. It closes out the possibilities. You can't see them for who they are. And it's the filters that we're operating from. And you're wow, right. Those filters awesome. are ways we control things, right? They keep us safe. Yeah, absolutely. They keep, they keep us safe. And they keep you stuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the unfortunate side side benefit <laughs> yeah exactly so exactly I'm, I'm curious because um i noticed in your book you use a term that, that i've heard this used by by other folks and i love it it's called the picker or in your case the man picker yep. and you talk about you know how do you fine tune that do you have some tips you can give for like what are some ways to start fine tuning that man picker well, I have I have one really specific one, and this is um, this is really common. I hear, and I bet you hear this too. Um, he's just like too nice. He wasn't edgy enough. Like, yes. there, you know, there's just there was no chemistry. Um, and so I think that there's a whole set of women who are suffering from um, 
uh, bad boy syndrome, whether, you know, it might've started when they were, you know, 10, <laughs> you know, where they liked the boy that like pulled their hair or whatever it was, or, you know, the kid who, you know, had to stay after school. I don't know, but there's this edge. People want an edge. And so, um, the question that I would invite you to, to play with, um, to sort of, uh, enhance your picking ability is um, looking at how could you redefine dangerous or how could you redefine an edge? So let me tell you a story about that. I had a client who, um, Patty, who was dating and um, she was gone on like two dates with this guy and uh, she was like, he's kind of boring. Like, I just, I don't know, like, there's just nothing, no chemistry. And, um, so I said, well, what have you been doing on your dates? And she's like, well, we're just, you know, we're having dinner and it's really nice and maybe we go for a walk after. And I was like, hmm, I think you need to do an activity. So she um, called me up like a week later and she's like, oh, my God, I am like have such a crush on that same guy. And I was like, what happened? And she said, well, I told him I wanted to like do something active. He said, what would you like to do for our date? And I want to do something active and you know, what do you love to do? Like, I want to do that with you. And um, he's like, well, I teach um, judo uh, to kids. And um, Saturday, I, I would love for you to just come for the last half hour of my class and watch me do it. And then would you want to, like, do some moves? Like, we could, you know, would you like to learn? And she's like, that's great. So she went to the judo class. And she said, Marnie, when I saw that guy kicking and doing his thing and then interacting with this kids, these kids, I was like, you know, swoon. And then, you know, they started doing, he started teaching her. And she was like, oh, my God, like, I totally got attracted to him. And so she sort of was able to redefine dangerous or an edge in that situation. Number one, she saw him doing something that was physical, that he really loved, that he had a lot of confidence in. Um, she saw him working with kids and she thought that was really cool. And then when he was teaching her, you know, he became the leader. He became in her vision and experience more masculine and that totally changed everything. And she, she ended up really having a nice, a nice relationship with him. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, so look at, so look at like, you know, when you say there's no chemistry or he's not edgy enough, like redefine that. Um, I've had clients do this exercise and um, they, they've said, you know, like, I started asking, asking someone about, you know, some stuff that they're really passionate about in work. And this guy just started talking about something that he created in a work experience that was like risk taking. And she was like, that totally brought out this other side of him. And it, she saw the edge and, and she was able to get over the, the, you know, oh, he's too nice. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I love that you brought that one up of they're too nice because it's, it, you know, men always are like, what's too nice? How are you too nice? We're always told we can't be nice enough and then we're too nice. There's no in between. Where is this magical space? And what's what's fascinating to me is, you know, as you talk about, you know, you need to redefine that. What What's edgy, for example? I think that's one of the biggest challenges is we don't know what we're looking for. We don't actually know what we need. We know we want something and we want it right now, but we can't tell you what it is. 
which causes two problems. One, we don't know it when we see it because we don't really know what it is because we're looking for a thing instead of a feeling. Because it's more about the well, experience, and, right? I mean, Mr. Right isn't a thing. Mr. Right is the experience you have, and you're like, wow, now I get it. He's the guy because I feel amazing with him. Well, it, exactly, exactly. And and I think that, and in the book, we show you how to um, get started creating your, you know, your five non-negotiables, and, and that is really important. You've got to get clear on what it is that you're, that you're looking for because if you ask the question, like, why is financial security or fi- why is that on the list? And so when we talk about that, women will say, well, safety. Because really the most important thing that women will talk about is in a man, they want to feel safety, emotional safety, financial safety in some cases, some cases not. But they want safety. They want, they want to feel protected and held, you know. And um, so really looking at what is the experience of those non-negotiables, how does that make me feel, and start looking for that. And by the way, Ken, what's really cool about these is because they're not characteristics or values, you can't go on one date and go, oh, my God, I found him. Right? Yes. You don't, you have to, it takes time to find out if somebody is who they say they are. Absolutely. And that's the, the power of, I call it data dating. You know, you're, you're out there, you're collecting data, you're learning about the other person, and you're having fun while you're doing it. Yep. No, exactly, exactly. So I, I got to ask you. No, I don't have to, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyhow. Uh, <laughs> what was the first step you took to finding your husband? Because you mentioned earlier in your intro that, you know, you were married before, divorced. We heard about you, you know, your experience there on the, on the driveway. And now you've got an amazing relationship. So what was that step you took? Well, um, you know, I, I took personal responsibility, and um, this is a story that I've told before, so, but, but, uh, but it's really poignant. So in the, in the moment of my, my breakdown, um, I, I got a divorce, and I immediately met someone, and I was like, oh, the universe like, gave me this guy. Like, this guy is going to make me happy. Um, and he ended up, you know, lying and being a cheater and all these sorts of things, and, and uh so he had, he had lied to me and I was, uh, I was on another podcast and I said that I was becoming like a psycho, uh, ex-girlfriend. And so the name of the podcast was something like, you know, meet a real life psycho ex-girlfriend or something. So I, I'm like, great. I'm that, that way on the internet. Um, but anyway, and, um, and so I was, uh, obs- it was back in the day of, there was still MySpace. And I found my ex-boyfriend's ex-wife on MySpace, and I, like, messaged her to sort of say, like, you know, he said he was there. Was he really with you? Did he really go to, like, drive down to go get your daughter's blanket? You know, just the whole story. Anyway, she wrote me back, and she said, um, let's talk. Or let's get on the phone. And so being in the, in the experience of being a really uh, good psycho ex-girlfriend, I was quite into drama. And so, of course, like, oh, get me on the phone with his ex-wife. Like, you know, let's go, you know, Carrie Underwood him and, like, <laughs> you know, key his car and, and slash the tires, you know. Um, and so I was, like, all geared up to talk about what a jerk he was. And she was like, you know, look, I don't even know you. But, but all I can say is that you're uh, a woman. You're a person. You're a woman who deserves more than this. And she said, I decided to... Take, take responsibility and really look at in my life 
why, why was I with him? Why did I put up with his behaviors? Um, and I would really invite you, she said, to stop blaming him and look at yourself. <laughs> I was like, wow. excuse me? <laughs> I was like, what? Um, we were supposed to get together and bash on him. That's what we were supposed exactly. to do. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Um, and she was like, you know, I, I just went and, and I, I took this, this program and it, you know, it changed my life. And she's like, you know, I don't get a commission or anything. I'm just saying, like, do something. And I said, ah, you know, I don't have money. I don't have this. I don't have time. I have three little kids. And she said, you know, I just invite you to be, you know, open to the possibility. And it was not landmark, by the way, because I know that's a big landmark term, but it was not that. But, and um, all of a sudden, it just switched things for me. Where I was like, I have an op- there is a po- there's possibility beyond what I'm experiencing. But the only way out of it is to stop blaming, scheming, craving, you know, and um, and that was that was my turning point. And it really was about taking personal responsibility for the life that I wanted to have. And and if I wouldn't have been asked that question, you know, in 2006. 10 years later, I wouldn't have been in a champagne toast on a yacht in Croatia with my husband and my, my family who's from Australia and, and England and my friend. I mean, it just, that would never have happened, never have happened. And it was because somebody told me the truth. And, and so, you know, you asked me at the beginning, why do I do what I do? I'm here to, I'm here to tell you the truth. And, and, so for anyone who's in that moment, you know, hear this not as just something you're listening to while you're at the gym, but like this is the moment that divine source, whatever, is created for you to hear. Like, are you ready to take personal responsibility and do something? Yes. I, I, I thank you for, for saying that and sharing that because it, it is. It's, you know, it's the old classic of if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to get the same results. And we like to think it's something else or someone else. And, and I know you mentioned earlier that part of the book talks about, I think you said 38 places to find quality men. And I'm sure people are like, well, I'll just go straight to that because I know everything. I, I mean, it's all about their problems. I just need to find where they are and then they'll be good. But there's a reason why it's 100%. at the end of the book, right? There is. And what's funny is at the end of the book, I, I have this little section where I'm like, you know, I don't even know if they still do it. The attorney general, like the warning, you know, like um, this oh, may cause blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. So I have my, my attorney general warning at the end. And it says basically, I'm here. Here's the 38 places to go meet men. And if you don't do this first part, you're just going to go, yeah, well, that didn't work. Check. I tried something else um, because of these reasons that we discuss in the book. So I do give you those 38 places and my, my wish and desire is um, to not make me another thing that didn't work, but to do the work and start at the beginning and go through to the process of becoming a high quality woman. And then it's really easy to meet a high quality man. Yeah. Um, They're everywhere. It's, it's true. Thank you for saying that. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's, interesting you said you know about and i know this has been something you've talked about for a long time is becoming a high quality woman and one of the things that that i often remind people of is we you know you go on that first date and we don't want to screw it up 
because we've got this whole idea of where this is going to go before we've ever seen the guy. And he shows up and he's exactly what we thought we wanted. And so we just lob up these really easy, safe things. And we don't show up as that high quality person. We show up as like middle of the road, pretty generic. This is all safe, so I won't screw it up because I want the second date. And then the question is, well, how come I never got the second date? Well, because you were vanilla. There was nothing there that made me go, I have a reason to ask this person out again. It was nice. She's a wonderful person. She's really attractive. I think she's great. But that the spark wasn't presented and you were waiting to present it later as opposed to putting it out there right away. So he'd go, wow. Yeah. uh, Hello. Yes, please. Um, I'm going to ask you for a second date before we even get our food because I'm so sure I want to see you again. Well, right. And one of the the great myths of vulnerability um, is and trust is, you know, I will trust you and I will be vulnerable when you've earned it. Yes. That's dating like a woman scorned. And I will tell you, and you're a man, so you can vouch. If a woman has got you on trial for the wrongs of every man before you, um, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll show you the real me when I can trust you. I'll show you the real me when I know you're the real deal or if I really like think it's worth it. A guy can smell that a million miles away. Yes. And uh, that's not hot. I just kind of don't know any other way to say it. No, that, that's what we call games. <laughs> yep. That's playing totally. games. And yep. guys aren't so, interested in yeah. that. They're not. So trust and vulnerability are something that you need to bring to the first round. I've, I've been really, I'm really into football, which is weird, and uh, maybe not. But <laughs> I watched over the summer um, this uh, series, and I, I think it was on Amazon. It was called All or Nothing, and it's like a look at the, the St. Louis Car- or the, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, football season last year. And the coach is freaking brilliant. And one of the things he said is, "How you practice is how you play." Mm-hmm. And I was like, first of all, I want to apply that to like every single thing in my life. But, um, but. Uh, it's true, like for dating, right? So if you show up on the date and you're like, well, this isn't the real, like I have to even see if I'm going to like play with you because right now this is practice. I don't even know if I like you or who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never going to get to go to the freaking Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. You're not even going to get in the game. So, you're not. So how you practice is how you play in life. So show up in your life like it's game time. Yeah, that's, that is great. So... Marnie, how do people get a hold of this book? They can go to datingwithdignity.com and there's a link and uh, as we and, and there'll be links to get it on Amazon and all of those sort of things. So there's lots of electronic versions to get it and you can order it right on Amazon also. Excellent. Excellent. And we'll have all those links on the show page so if you're out on a jog or at the club or whatever, and you you obviously don't have a pen in your hand, don't worry about it. Just go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Marnie's name, click on this uh, podcast, and you'll see all the links there, so it's super easy for you. Well, Marnie, this has been another fantastic interview. Thank you so very, very much for joining us and and sharing this information, because I I think what you were talking about is is so, so valuable and so timely of... You know, if you're sitting there going, I just don't want to go on all these dates and there's nobody out there, something's got to change because that's a dead end. 
And if this book can get you that clarity of, you know, you got to step up in a couple of different ways. You've got to have that personal res uh, responsibility. You've got to step into the courage and, and take action. Then going to those 38 magic places where quality men hang out will be a gold mine. It will be a gold mine, and you'll freaking have a blast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By Absolutely. the way. So Absolutely. why not? Well, thank you, Marnie. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.